0: And I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 275, Hunting Runners with Scott Ellis. And I am your host and the guy, and I am your co-host, one of your co-hosts and the guy who missed Hogzilla this past weekend.
1: And I am your co-host, and the guy who is worried that he may blow out the reeds on his turkey calls driving down the road, because Hmm. I'm not allowed to play them in the house anymore.
0: I think everybody listening to this podcast can relate to that problem.
1: I'm pretty sure one of them's done. I looked at the reeds, and they're they're pretty loose at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Good deal. that means the time is approaching.
0: Yes, indeed. So Cameron, you're practicing with the diaphragm call now. Are mm-hmm. you working on any other calls? or any other types of calls that you're trying to get practiced up with before season kicks in for you?
1: Yeah, one would be I ordered a gobble call, and I've been practicing with it. It's uh, from Flexstone, I believe. Their Thunder Gobbler, and I like it pretty good so far. It sounds good to me. I don't know if a turkey will gobble at it or not yet, but it's going to go in the vest to start. I just never have, have it? gobbled at one. Do you yeah, you have it right there. Yeah, I have it. Run it. Yeah. All right. Let me pick it up real quick there's the flex stone thunder gobble
0: sounds pretty good
1: yeah i mean it sounds good to me not that that matters i hope it sounds good to wild turkeys <laughs> yeah, yeah and so I'm, I'm gonna try it out this year i've never had a gobble call and i've never i've gobbled at some before with a box call and it worked So I thought I'd try to get a mouth-blown call. And if if you're interested in getting the call like this, if you can run a duck call and do a feeder call on it, you can run this call as soon as you get it out of the package.
0: So you didn't ask for it. I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to say this too. Give Cameron a grade on running the air-operated gobble call by going to the I Am Turkey Hunting Facebook page. Yep. And just put your comment there, Cameron's air-operated turkey call or gobble call, and give him a grade 1 to 10, with 10 being, oh, my God, I went and got my shotgun because it was the best thing I've ever heard. If you
1: started aiming a gun at the phone, that's a 10.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let one, me let me do
1: one more for the listeners, okay. and we'll step away from the phone a little bit. Okay. I, I want to give them every opportunity here.
0: You wait, wait before you do. You also need to do a, just a real quick video, and post it on the Facebook page. Okay. But I can do that. Obviously not right now, but go ahead. Yes. Step away from okay. the phone. Okay. Here we go. I'm ready for spring. you're ready for spring <laughs> I give you an eight. all right eight hey, that that means it will work sometimes probably and eight's a pretty darn good score
1: yeah, I'll take I the thing sounds good to me. it's easy to operate so that's what I liked. yeah, so we'll see how it goes i'll I'll come back hopefully um in march or april and say hey i gobbled a turkey and he ran in and i killed him everybody needs to go get one of these except for then i'm not going to tell you about it because i don't want anybody else knowing my secrets right so this thing is terrible if i I tell you how terrible it is you better go out and buy one
0: (laughs) (laughs) no doubt no doubt (laughs) yeah so you know i gave it an eight because i hunt turkeys that don't gobble so i don't really know what the sound is like <laughs> to have anything to compare it to so
1: you have a point you know, there you I have a point there
0: couldn't give you a 10 and i didn't want to be mean and give you a 1 so yeah we're going 8 and i'm sticking to it
1: yeah yeah please post on facebook give me a what your ranking is listeners i'd like to honestly i'd like to see what other people think cuz you know when you blow something it sounds different than it oh, does yeah. to other people so i'd like to know what it actually
0: grades yeah you're you're right it's completely different in mm-hmm. your in your ears than it is to someone else's and you know obviously it's gonna sound different too when you're in the woods so mm-hmm. I don't know is it raining in Jackson yeah it's raining
1: pretty good outside I've blown it a couple good
0: maybe Thursday or Friday just take a 15 20 second video out in the woods okay with that I'll do that and then post I'll that. put
1: it on uh our Facebook page, and I'll I'll post a story of it on my Instagram for people that follow me on there, and you can send us something on Facebook and tell me how terrible it sounds.
0: Uh, I don't think you're going to get too many of those comments. <laughs> okay. Cool. So like you it. you mentioned that if it works, you're not telling anyone because you don't want to give up any of your secrets, and I totally get that. It's really hard to do it sometimes on this show, and there are some parts of this episode that I want to edit out because I don't want people to hear them. <laughs> because I agree with that, we've got some gold for you guys in this week's episode. We have Scott Ellis on the show, and you guys know Scott as being a. Three time Grand National Turkey Call Champion. And you also know him from the Hunt Quest videos that he does, which are on YouTube and the Mossy Oak Go app. Mm-hmm. He's also the pro staff manager for Woodhaven Custom Calls and Apex Ammunition. And he is on the Thermocell and True Glow pro staffs as well, which is a whole bunch of stuff that he does. And It's just really, I think you can kind of sum all that up and say that there are a lot of people in the hunting industry that think highly of Scott Ellis and want their products associated with his name. Mm -hmm.
1: With good reason.
0: With good reason. And you guys are going to hear some of that good reason today on this show. So Cameron, I almost hate to do this too, but out of all... All of the shows that you've co hosted so far, so far out of all the shows that you've co hosted, who was your favorite interview with?
1: Let's see, man, after looking over the list, it's either myself or Scott Ellis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go with Scott Ellis.
0: Oh. Yes, indeed. It really is a good one. So when I use the term runners, Cameron has a different term that he uses for it. Scott has a different term that he uses for it. But I think that it will make sense to you guys when you hear it. But Cameron, Mm -hmm. what's the term you use?
1: I call them vagabonds, which is a person who has no home and is constantly moving. So a vagabond gobbler would be one that he's, he's on the move and you're trying to catch up to him and you you just can't do it. When they get to rolling, it's amazing how fast they can go. So really I call is. them vagabonds. Ken Morgan, in his book, One Man Game, he calls them circuit riders. So there's a plethora of names out there, but everybody knows what we're talking about. If you've been in the woods for a couple of years, you probably run across one of these suckers.
0: Yeah. Scott calls them nomads, which is another mm-hmm. great term. Yeah. So- There's a ton of names, and there's a couple of different versions, I guess is the word I'm looking for, of these runners or nomads or vagabonds, and Scott talks about those a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. I think we got some great tactics in this episode. What do you say we jump in it and go?
1: Absolutely. Y'all pay attention because Scott gives you advice on hunting these runners as well as calling, and and you're going to pick up some serious tips from this one that you'll be able to throw in your vest for this year
0: no doubt do what Cameron said listen in close and we'll see you on the other side and how many days
1: do we have till turkey
0: season oh man (laughs) you know it's it's funny because before we started recording for the intro for the show (laughs) I told Cameron I said you know this is I've been doing this for six years, so I'm having to make some adjustments in my head as to the flow of the show. For example, I wanted to say I am your host and the guy who did X. Well, I'm still your host, but we have another host, so I'm your co-host. So I have to remember to make that little change. Well, I was so worried about making my little changes in my head. I didn't do the one thing that I want, or I shouldn't say won't, that I don't ever want to change. And that is to tell you when Alabama's turkey season opens. So, as of right now, we are 44 days, 10 hours, 4 minutes, and 34 seconds away Mm. from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And I want to hear about South Florida.
1: South Florida, we will be opening in 30 days,
0: 10 hours, 6 minutes
1: in 15 seconds, I'll be there after a nice 14-hour drive, ready to hear Mr. Osceola sing his song on opening morning.
0: Man, 30 days.
1: 30 days. I'm
0: getting jacked up. <laughs> well, now I know why you've been blowing the reeds out of your calls. Oh, yeah. Are you still married?
1: I am. Good. I am. Great. For 30 days at least.
0: <laughs> we hope. <laughs> She may I get think get rid I'm of you imagine, before that with turkey calling.
1: Yeah, I think I got 30 days still in the bag. It, it's After that, it could get interesting, but I, I think I'll be around for another three, four weeks.
0: We'll see. I hear you. Good deal. All right, so let's shut up and get into this interview. Y'all yeah,
1: enjoy it. See you on the other side.
0: Hey everybody,
1: this is Cameron Weddington of the Turkey Hunter Podcast, your co-host this evening. I have on the line with us tonight your other co-host, Andy Galliano and Scott Ellis. And Scott, how are you and where are you?
2: (laughs) I'm doing great. Glad glad to be here, guys. I appreciate you having me. I'm actually in Georgia for work right now at a hotel room. And just gearing up for the Nashville convention next week, and as well gearing up for turkey season with my son Jake. The youth season will be uh, February 29th, I believe, in the Florida South Zone. For, so we're literally a couple of weeks away from turkey season and starting the adventure that that runs all the way to the end of May for me this year.
0: Wow, February the 29th, and yeah, <laughs> was that two weeks?
1: Two weeks after the convention?
2: Gee, I yeah. believe so. Two two Saturdays. Yeah, um, normally and, it's the weekend yeah. after convention.
1: But That's this awesome. year,
2: it's uh, there's a there's a space in between, and we get one week of of reprieve before the before the chaos starts. <laughs> so,
1: now, are you gonna be calling, or is your son gonna do the calling? Because I've seen your hunt quest; he's he's pretty good too. <laughs> he is,
2: he is, and um, I want to say season two uh, captured him calling in his first bird on his own. And then the other bird that he harvested that season, he called we, in. We teamed up on that turkey, the second turkey. But um, it'll be a group effort, I think. It just depends on the bird. I like to let him take the lead now because it's at that point where he's 13. He'll be 14 in July. So it's to the point where he needs to start taking the reins and kind to, trying to lead the, the, the campaign, if you will, to, to get this bird in gun range. And as you guys well know, if you followed me longer than five minutes, we don't run decoys. He's never learned to use a decoy. We we use setup and good calling and good wisdomship, mm-hmm. um, all three combined, to have our success. So, yeah, it's at a point where I'm going to let him take the reins, like I said. Uh, if he needs a little backup, I might give it to him. But it's he'll be hunting by himself in a few years, a few short years. He'll be on his own. Um, not that we won't share the tree together, but he'll probably start going out with buddies and hunting on his own. And probably doing on a lot of public land in Central Florida because that's where I cut my teeth and made me the turkey hunter I am today is, hunting pressured Osceola's in central Florida, you know, even 30 years ago, there were still a lot of people trying to kill Osceola's, you know, on public ground. Now it's tenfold worse because yeah. people are trying to avoid paying two to $3,000 for an Osceola turkey. And then there's always the big push now for the niche, if you will, for public land hunting. People are just losing their minds over it. And they're, they're really embracing. I am a public land owner that you've heard the guys talk about and you see the t-shirts about it and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a, uh,
2: mm-hmm. it's a, it's so that was the long answer. Yes, I'll let Jake call, and and B, I'll get him back up if needed.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, Cameron, Jake has a pretty decent instructor when it comes to calling.
1: Yeah, I would think he'd have a pretty good shot at turning out to be a good caller.
2: <laughs> he is, and it, and it's not just the calling, fellas. You know, I am um, a huge advocate of of realism in turkey calling and sequences. Yeah. And the way I hunt turkeys all across the nation and have had the success that I've had, is it, is it good setup? Is it woodsmanship And thinking like a turkey, 100%. But there are so Mm -hmm. many times when that realism has paid dividends, you just don't get dumped off in a, in a piece of property and just say, well, we've heard turkeys in this area and you go kill them without sounding arrogant here. Just with the success that I've had over the last 20 years with just being a good woodsman, because the woodsmanship is a part of, a facet of woodsmanship, excuse me, gentlemen, is patterning birds and scouting and learning those birds. Well, I don't know anything about these turkeys. I just know that there are birds in the area. So mm-hmm. when it comes down to that, you have to revert back to realism and calling and making sure you have a good setup and, in my opinion, thinking like a turkey and what is his next step going to be in trying to be one step ahead of him.
0: Yeah. You know, when I had you on the show last year after the NWTF convention, we talked about soft calling and Mm -hmm. some of those a little bit of that of the topic of the non-verbal calling of turkeys and right turkey sounds
2: not vocalizations right
0: yeah and and to me you know in in listening to your calling and watching your videos i mean i hate to say this out loud because uh there may be some people that might get ticked off but with the soft stuff, <laughs> I don't know of anybody any better. I mean, you kill it. Well, I appreciate that. that. Stuff. Thank you. And yeah, the, thank you. The, the realism in your calling is mind-blowing. Um, and, the, and the, you know, all the competitive callers today, I think, have taken that extra step and added realism into their, their calling sequences. And when you can sit and listen to the Scott Ellis's of this world call with your eyes closed, and you literally see hen turkeys scratching in the leaves and you see their beaks moving with the calling <laughs> and you can see their, their heads moving about looking around and you see them pecking at the ground. I mean, right. It, it, it's and that's amazing. all stuff
2: really pays dividends on pressure turkeys. Just okay. to add a caveat to what y'all got, you guys are talking about. Not only does it work on, on hunting leases and, pu- and hunting clubs and, even outfitters th- that those birds do receive some pressure. That that really works well. That soft stuff on public ground on pressured, very pressured turkeys. And it just like I said earlier, I, I go a lot of places every year, and I and I don't know anything about the ground. I'm using Google Maps, Onyx. I'm using a little bit of the guide knowledge, or say the guide, the landowner, whoever's invited us. What's over that hill? What's it, is there a pond? Is there an obstacle? You're using all that woodsmanship stuff, but when it comes down to it communicating with the bird with that soft stuff you're talking about and or or getting loud and aggressive when you need to get loud and aggressive mm. and being able to command the call on demand is what I call it, command on demand, <laughs> where you're basically able to say what you want to say to that turkey at the drop of a pin or drop of a hat. You, you're you going to go, okay, I'm going to cluck and purr, I'm going to cut, I'm going uh, to excited yelp to him, and, and knowing that you're trying to capitalize on his emotion level. And that's what you're doing when you're communicating with a turkey. You're calling with him, communicating with him. You're not calling at him. And when I say calling at him, a good example is the guy that goes to the woods, and he kills a bird or two every year, and he goes, cut, cut, yelp, 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 cut, cut, yelp, 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 and he gobbles, and he goes, cut, cut, yelp, yelp, yelp. He's not taking in the three-dimensional view of, okay, he's gobbling very aggressively at every sound I make, so let me go quiet so I can try to play coy with him just a little bit they don't, people don't take all these different variables into consideration and they just want to hear the gobble. I, I'm just as guilty of it. I think we all are. That's why we're there, right? Half the reason we're there is the one, eight, eat wild turkey breasts at the end of the day and two, hear that sucker gobble. So yeah. that said, you have to learn to capitalize on his emotion and exploit his emotion and use the ability to communicate with the bird in his own language on demand is how you're gonna kill turkeys using vocalizations as a key point of success and it's just hard to get people to wrap their head around it sometimes because you know you you hear it a lot in society in the turkey hunting society well you don't have to be a great caller to kill a turkey we all know that but why not up your game and and become more realistic why not mimic the bird you're trying to harvest here people why not be able to talk to this bird in his own language and be effective with calling when all it takes is just some practice and a little dedication to become the next level caller I don't mean a stage caller. I'm saying mm-hmm. the next level of realism can be attained by the average guy with just a little bit more practice than coming out two weeks before the season and pulling his mouth calls out of the fridge, you know, or his pot call out of the vest or his box call or whatever. So it's just, it's a, it's such a cumulative success story when you couple woodsmanship setup, and a realistic calling, you take any one of those variables out of the equation and your success level or your success rate will not be quite as high in my opinion especially if you're a traveling guy like myself where I do not get to scout and pattern these birds and know where they're flying down and know where they're roosting and know where they're lingering during the day. I don't have that luxury. So I lean on my ability to call and communicate as one of my keys to success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll say one thing and you may not know this, but your videos online have helped me with my calling personally. And one thing I do is when my wife isn't home, I'll have my diaphragm in and watch uh, watch a Hunt Quest episode. And when you got that turkey out there gobbling and whatever you do, I try to do the exact same thing on my call. And I've I've learned a lot, especially that little whine you do is something I've right. really tried to pick up from you because I've seen your YouTube video on that probably twenty times, trying to make sure I got it down because I love that right. little stuff like that. It's different. It's something not everybody's doing in the woods.
2: That's right, and it's something that the hens do all the time. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. But but hunters do not, and that's where you think, man, I bet I can convince him that I'm actually a hen and not a hunter, because that's that, again, that's where that realism pays dividends when you are doing stuff and creating sounds and cadences, and that that they don't hear every day from the guy that's squawking on the box call or chonking on his mouth call over and over again, and those the little nuances, the little soft yelps, the little bubble clucks, the little soft purrs scratching in the leaves, old school stuff, using a wing to scratch in the leaves or to create a feather on, like feathers on tree bark kind of thing is what I've always used it to. And it, I think it simulates like a strutting bird or just a mm-hmm. little flip of a wing. I use a fly down cackle. When I'm, when I'm fly down cackling, I use a wing to simulate those wing beats with the sound that's being created. I've actually done a fly down with no cackle and just done it with the wing to simulate a, a fast wing beat hen that's flying down just to try to make him think there really is a turkey over there. And that's what we're doing, especially when it comes down to those harder pressure birds. We are trying to make him think there truly is a hen over there, whether it's with vocalizations or with just turkey sounds that aren't vocalizations. And that's where it pays dividends to, to take your calling ability to the next level and your your whole skill set to the next level for that matter.
0: Mm-hmm, Yeah. So, Cameron, are you watching those videos on Hunt Quest? I am. I usually
1: <laughs> go through the YouTube route. But Scott, how can for listeners, how could they watch videos of you turkey hunting from past years?
2: Absolutely. Um, it's on the Mossy Oak Go app. It's a free app that's available in the App Store and the Google Play Store, and of course YouTube. It's there on YouTube. And it's called and Hunt, Hunt Quest, sea. right? Hunt Quest. That's right. Yep. And it showcases. Myself, my kid. We do some deer hunting, a little bit. We do some quail hunting. We do some hog hunting. It's primarily focused on turkey, but there is a, there is a good bit of other types of hunting that's involved. And it's uh, I'm real proud of what I'm doing. And you know, I work a full time job, guys and gals that are out there listening right now. I don't people so many times will message me and go I, I, you're living my dream. I'm like I I, I work a full time job dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just take a lot of long weekends i take two days of vacation and fly on a wednesday night and i hunt thursday friday saturday and then sunday morning if we can and the flights will allow it and i can come home later that afternoon and that's what i'm doing all of what you're seeing is not me being paid thousands of dollars to go hunting i'm being paid by my company and i take vacation and i'm going out and chasing these dollars and going on these deer hunts based on vacation time period that's it holidays and vacation time so there's a lot, I hope to get that word out to a lot of people. And there's several of the guys that are that are uh, doing that out there that work a full-time job and they're having to sprinkle in their hunting on the side. And that's where I think if people realized that they'd appreciate it even more, that we're not being paid a gajillion dollars to be a, a turkey hunting guy, you know, that goes out and yeah. chases turkeys all over the country and he's getting paid to do it. No, and that's not the case. So.
0: Yeah. How long has the Mossy Oak Go app been around? Oh, I mean, mm, only about a year, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah it's pretty new. It yeah, new. Yeah, I
1: thought it was new. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I think so. last year, maybe. Maybe a year. A little okay. over a year. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: It's a great platform. There's tons of shows from, from tons of different people all over from every walk of life and every facet of hunting is all there. You can spend days on that thing entertaining yourself with hunting videos on that app. So sorry about that. Go ahead, guys.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's that's good. I appreciate you saying that because. I actually don't have the app and now I'm probably going to really be Download it. <laughs> well, I will. And I'm going to be really distracted when I'm sitting in the tree stand for the final time this weekend. So <laughs> <I hear you. laughs> as if I'm not already distracted, sitting up in the tree stand, running my box call to practice. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Instead of I've always been an advocate free. of that. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, yep. I, I, I think it has a
2: calming effect. effect.
0: Yeah, I do too. I do
2: too. I as mean, long as you sound yeah. like a turkey. I think deer and turkeys have a symbiont, if you will. And you see them feeding together all the time. I think if a deer hears a turkey yelping and he doesn't think it's a hunter that's yelping, I think that a deer will, uh, it it calms them. I think they think, well, if there's a turkey over there yelping, then it must be okay. It must be safe. And uh, other (laughs) people will debate that. But I've always felt like, you know, you hear hear turkeys in the fall a lot and big flocks and the deer just looking around feeding and, you know, doing going about their business. They're, so I, I've never had a problem with anybody calling in a tree during deer hunting to help pass the time and working on your calls a little bit. So moving on, sorry, just a little sidebar there. <laughs>
0: Do you still have the Turkey Tech app?
2: Absolutely. Super, super proud of that. Google Play and the App Store is $4.99. We're, doing, we're, we're fixing to launch an update. I'll give the rundown of what it already has. And that is, uh, I think, 10 different calls, everything from clucking and purring and yelping and cutting and excited yelping and fly-down cackles and fighting purrs and I think I said plain yelp already. It's like eight or ten of the major calls you need to learn as a turkey hunter. It has wild turkeys creating these sounds. I have audio of examples of each of these sounds of the wild turkey doing it. I have audio of me creating that particular sound on a mouth call and a pot call. And the key ingredient to success here is there's video instruction on mouth calls and on pot calls for all of these. Mm. Lastly, there's tips written out about the call, what the call is in, in a descriptive word wording. It also has why turkeys use it and when you should use it as a hunter. And mm. well, I said, lastly, but last but not least is there's actually a recorder that will, that will tie into the app on your phone and use utilize your microphone And you can record your own calling and play it back, and then you can play me calling against your calling. Or more importantly, you can play the wild turkeys calling against your calling, and you can compare yourself. So it is a very comprehensive look at calling and hunting the turkey. Oh, and the updates, we're doing a locator section. I'm doing a gobbler and jake yelping section, which is a very, very over- looked call that people are starting to finally pick up on jake yelping and gobbler yelping is super successful in the spring and it also includes i think four or five hunting scenarios where i basically introduce a clip from a hunt and it's it's shortened it's condensed to some degree but the meat and potatoes of the hunt are there and i'm introducing the clip telling you what you should be king on on what i did to make that hunt successful and it's another great update that's going to be coming for the guys that already have the app be looking for it you got a nice update coming. Any day now. We're, we're ready to launch it any day. The IT part of it's almost done, and we're trying to get it out there right now.
0: Man, that's awesome. sweet. Yeah, that that is a great update to that app. There I appreciate app. it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, the feature of being able to record your own calling and compare it to Scott Ellis or compare it to live turkeys, I'll I'll pass on that part. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, just compare it to the turkeys. Don't mind me. I mean, you know, we're, we're just – As good as we can call, and I'm saying we being the the upper level competition, the stage guys. I mean, as as much as I think we we sound similar to turkeys, we're still so far from creating on latex what turkeys do with live tissue in their throat. I mean, and that's just me trying to be humble and and be honest. I listen to my own recordings all the time, trust me, and I go, yeah, that's okay, that's pretty decent. I mean. Is it better than a lot of people's? Yes. Is it, is it, is, is it Turkey 100% thrown through in my opinion? No. And none of us are. And I just don't think that God allowed us with rubber to create what a hand Turkey's doing with her voice box. So, but so we've done a good job of, we're, we're, we're doing pretty good with it. You know, we're mimicking it and we are definitely creating another level of realism. And, and that, that can be something that leads to success in the woods. Not all the time. It's not always good calling. So don't, don't be confused. Um, I'm not knocking any I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here but I mean I know some guys that are competition turkey callers that are not they're not successful consistent killers and and I'm only saying that not again to throw any of my competitors under the bus but only to prove the fact that as good as the calling can help it's not the end game and I agree with people 100% that is not the defining the defining factor that you need to do you have to couple that with being a woodsman and knowing how to set up on a turkey and knowing how to think like a turkey. And you do all those together, then you have a turkey serial killer. But just calling good and calling a lot is not the answer. That is not what is going to kill birds day in, day out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I don't disagree with that at all. And I have one other thing to say that you may disagree with, and if you do, that's fine. It's my opinion, and I would like to hear what yours is, and Cameron's as well. But that what you said about not being able to perfectly recreate turkey sounds with a piece of latex or rubber, mm-hmm. I feel like is 100% true. You, if mm-hmm. you listen to the really good natural voice callers, those men and women, to me, they sound like a turkey sounds. I mean, they're, that the sound coming from air passing over your vocal cords and through your throat mm-hmm. is more realistic than a piece of latex that's just my opinion if they're really good really good ones yeah right right
2: if my voice is good so i can let's see so there's a decent run of what i can do yelping and doing some clucking i can purr So there's some soft stuff with my voice, and I've killed turkey doing that too. It it's definitely um another a different sound. There is no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Their voice box is obviously different than ours, but if you can manipulate your voice and you can you can there are people that are way better than I am, but I agree with you, it's a it's a very realistic sound because it is coming off a tissue and not off of a, a rubber. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I will not argue with that. I'll not, not the, the really good ones. The really, really good ones. Not not everybody yeah. can go. Yelp, 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 yelp. I mean, obviously, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it doesn't sound like a turkey, but yeah. But the ones that can do it, usually can do it pretty dang well. I I tend to think I'm okay at it, but as far as it, it, it's a different sound completely than what a reed vibrating sounds like without a doubt, or, or, you know, crystal with a striker or a box call, the paddle against the soundboard, some, some really good box calls are some of the best, most realistic sounding yelps that you'll hear is from a really good box call. But at any rate, yeah, I agree with you.
0: Yeah. Man, I I know Cameron can too. I could sit here and talk calling and (laughs) general turkey stuff with you all day long. And I know you probably have stuff you'd rather do than sit on the phone with me all night long. But I want to pick your brain about a topic that I know gives me fits when I run across it. I ran across it. Fortunately, only one time last season, but it seems mm-hmm. like when I run across it in the seasons that I run across it, it, it'll be two or three times. And it seems, you know, and of course I have no way of knowing this. It seems like it's the same turkeys mm-hmm. and they are just, man, they deal me fits. They're so random. They don't act like turkeys. They act like marathon runners and mm-hmm. Without a course, and I'm going to explain this a little bit more, but I'm going to paint you a picture of what I'm talking about, and then tell you what I call them. So you get out in the woods early before daylight; it's just starting to crack day, and you hear the owl (laughs) off in the distance, and you hear. "Ah." Thank you. Yep. Uh, If we were on video, I'd point to you and let you make that sound. There you go. There it is. So. You go over there, you get in what you think is a great setup spot, sit down. And for me, I don't do any tree calling at all. So I'm sitting there. Maybe you tree call when in, in this scenario. I do. Maybe you I do. don't. And the gobbler flies down, and he's going the other direction away from you. And it seems like he's got on track shoes. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, you can't catch him. You can't figure out where he's going next. It's erratic. It's mm-hmm. just so frustrating. And you call, right. and you get an answer. You call, you get an answer, but every single one of those and he's 100 answers. He's hundred yards further away. Exactly. And, and each time he's and further. Yeah. You to go? Continue to go. And I call those birds runners. You guys listening okay. to the show may call them something different. Scott, you make Scott and Cameron. You both. I call them, them a pain
2: way.
1: in the butt. That's yeah. what I call them, pain in the butt birds.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep.
1: I personally refer to them as a vagabond, which is something I picked up from Gene Nunnery, and right. mm-hmm. I think it's pretty accurate. The definition of that would be a, a person who wanders from place to place with no home. So that's what he referred right. to them. And I think Ken Morgan in his book called them circuit riders. But everyone's <laughs> come across. And I would call
2: them honestly a nomad is what I would call them a nomad.
1: Yeah, that, and I don't even know yeah. the exact.
2: Very nomadic. They're they're very they travel. They're travelers. And can I go ahead and fire away with this? You, you need to add any more?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, are these the first question, yeah, first question, are these Easterns, and where are you hunting? Are they Miriams, are they Rios, are they Goulds?
0: Yeah, the ones where I'm are talking you hunting about at? specifically, Easterns. In the hills, Okay, and right? what state was this in? Alabama.
2: What state? Alabama. Elevation or no elevation?
0: These particular like turkeys hills, that I mountain? have in my mind, I'm going no elevation. Last year, I would just say, I hate to even call it elevation because it's just hills. Hills.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's kind of two categories of what what you're referring to. If you're hunting western birds, I'll get this out of the way real quick. I've I've had the pleasure of hunting Rios and Miriams all over Midwest and Pacific Northwest U.S. And to get this part of it out of the, out of the equation real quick, there a lot of those birds are like that day in day out. They have travel paths. They roost in certain areas. They make they cover ground and they're just very nomadic, vagabondish or runners, if you will and they just cover ground and make this giant loop they're probably hitting water tanks or feeding areas along the way and they go make this giant loop i know i'm hunting with mark scroggins in texas a couple of times and oklahoma those birds will make like a three or four mile loop
0: all right that's all that i've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the turkey hunter podcast if you would like to hear the rest of the secrets and tips and tactics and strategies that Scott shares with us about chasing runners or vagabonds or nomads, whatever you want to call them, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to become a subscriber, what you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter Do not put a space between the word turkey and hunter. Make it one word, not two, and text that to the number 44222. After you do that, I'm going to send you a set of instructions that you'll need to follow, and eventually I'm going to send you a link via email that you can click on and create your username and password and pay the $18 per year annual subscription for the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 will get you not only the rest of this week's episode with Scott, but it will also get you all of the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. We're, I think, starting year number three with the premium content. There is a Bunch of premium content locked up under the premium subscription that you can unlock for 18 bucks. And I'm telling you, you are not going to be disappointed about that small of an investment to feed the turkey hunting need. All right, that's all that we've got for you guys from Scott today. I hope that you guys enjoyed that interview. I mean, was that fast paced and full of information or what? Oh, yeah. Y'all had to have gotten
1: something out of that.
0: (laughs) And I'm promising you what editing Cameron and I have done to this episode is basically for just cosmetics. I -hmm. did not take out any of the top secret tips that Scott gave. You got everything Scott gave.
1: Yep. Yep. He just took out all the top secret tips I gave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You weren't supposed to tell that part. Well, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you remember.
1: My magic calls uh, I'll tell him about it on a later episode.
0: Yeah, but I, I, that was awesome. I mean, he was laying it on the line. And I think we got a lot of tips that we can use, not just when hunting those runners or vagabonds or nomads, but hunting any Tom. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, I think definitely so. If a three-time Grand National Champion telling you something about calling, it's time to listen. And judging by his videos, Scott's killed a few turkeys in his time. You should pick up something from that. I know I did. Yeah.
0: You know, one of the, or I should say another one of the big differences between a hunter like Scott and a hunter like me is I just tell you when I kill one and you believe it, I'm great at making stuff up. Scott has video evidence of him killing turkeys. <laughs> so,
1: if I carried a camera, you'd see a lot of scared turkeys that I miss.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can safely say I've never missed one. Oh,
1: good. Yeah. Today. Well, you've seen me miss a couple times. I'm pretty prone to it. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. Well, you know, that was probably one of my favorite interviews right there. That's just, and I think for any, not just experienced hunters, but for any new turkey hunters, that interview right there had to blow your mind because there's so yeah. much information that he went through.
1: And so many scenarios. And I think for a new hunter, they, they may not realize the minute details that go through the mind of a, of a hunter like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's just so many little decisions that make the whole hunt that you don't. You got to just go out there and figure it out. Luckily, you get a few tips from podcasts like this.
0: Yeah. Well, cool, man. So in the listener survey this year, somebody recommended that we give a calling tip, and I'm going to throw in this, or, or a hunting tip every week. Do you have a calling tip you would like to share, even though we just got about 50 <laughs> minutes of them?
1: Let's see, if I could give a calling tip, one thing that has worked for me in the past is remember in your mind, and Andy, I believe you're the one that told me this, that it's a two-way conversation. You don't just yelp and he gobbles and then you be quiet. That can work, but I've had a lot of success when I'm answering him like he's answering me, it excites me when he gobbles at me. It probably is exciting him when I call back to him. That would be my calling tip of the week. I like it. I know you do. You're the one that told it to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I wish that I could say I came up with that on my own, even though It makes perfectly good sense, and I should have come up with that on my own. I was actually told differently from someone, a friend of my dad's, who took me turkey hunting a couple of times when I was just learning. He was from the old school of turkey hunting, and he told me, when you call and that turkey answers, put the call down. You're done. Mm -hmm. And was he wrong? No. No because I killed yes some turkeys no. that way. <laughs> but could he have given me a little bit better advice and said, when you call and that turkey answers you and you hit him again and tell him you like what he just said to you and he answers again and then you put the call down, I would have killed a lot more turkeys. Mm-hmm. Because it's that, just what Cameron said, it's that two-way conversation. Thank to when you were single and you tell a girl, man, I'd really like to take you out on a date. And you get this. And then think about that time when you told a girl you'd really like to take her out on a date and she said, oh, that'd be awesome. Can we go this Friday? I've, I've, I know exactly what I want to do. Exactly. So, you know, you're a lot more fired up about female number two and you are female number one who gave you the solid mm-hmm. treatment when you said, would you like to go out? So that's a little human spin on on a scenario that's totally made up in my head. But I do have a few turkey feet and beards hanging on the wall that that has worked for me on. So great tip, Cameron. Yes,
1: dog. absolutely. Hope it helps somebody.
0: All right. So with that being said, that's everything that we've got for you. We do have a favor to ask of you guys this week, and the favor this week has changed from what it's been the past month. The past month, I've been asking you guys to help us by completing the listener survey, but we're shutting that down because we can't run it forever. And this week, I'm going to ask you to go to your podcast player application. And in that application, there is a share button. And if you will click that share button, And share this week's episode with two turkey hunting buddies. Two. Then that's a huge help for me and Cameron. And it may end up being a huge help for you because you never know when you might be hunting with that turkey hunting buddy this spring. And he pulls out one of the tricks that Scott told us and does that while he's calling a turkey for you, and you're able to get a shot at one. So, Share this week's episode using the share button in your podcast player application. That's a man, I just can't tell you guys how much that helps us out with this show by spreading the word. So that's all I've got. Cameron, you have anything you'd like to add before we sign off?
1: Everybody be safe, get plenty of sleep. You're going to need to bank it up now because in 40 days it's on. That's all I got.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www See you next week.